You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field with, with, with Tyler and friends. Hello, welcome to the home stretch. I'm your host, Tyler Harrison, along with my co-host slash producer slash warmer than me. <laughs> Hashtag statistician over there. I Speedy Petey. I try to be warmer. Doesn't yeah. always work. <laughs> Please. You're warmer than me. You got a jacket. You got that hat. You got those gloves. <laughs> I think there's a scarf. Errol's favorite. No. No scarf? No scarf. No. I don't worry. I don't worry. Don't like wearing scarves at all. Really? I don't. Yeah. No, I like scarves. I don't really like bulky things. That's something that feels like I can't move my my body. Like, oh, so that's why the- I, I hate like traditional winter coats too, unless it's really loose. So you don't like my pea coat? I don't know. I'm, I never wore a pea coat, so I'm not mm. sure. No, a pea coat is very. Uh, it's not warm. It's definitely not warm, but there are other things you could probably find. But anyway, um, so you wouldn't want to be the guy from um, oh, the Christmas I, story? Yeah. No, I would not. The, with all that layers on and the, the bulky thing and the costume. Put your arms down. I can't. Oh. Yeah, right. No, I would. That would be something that I would be Get up. I can't. With. Oh. Yeah. But are you warm? Yes. Okay. Then. Yes, I would be warm. It's just I would also be... I would feel like a robot fainting. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So like Bender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, tomorrow we're going to go more over the holiday stuff because I don't think I'll be here. Yeah, I don't think anyone's doing anything until at least Thursday. Right? I would assume. I'm not sure. Oh, I go. I'm, I'll be gone. That's all I know. Mm. I don't know what else I'll have to do. No, I'll probably have to do a lot. <laughs> Just based on how everything else goes. But, um... Whew, wow, there's some blogs going on right now. Yeah, there's not really a lot of games, so Around the World in Sports is going to be short. Uh, a lot to get to. Obviously, the big story today is um, a couple different things. I haven't tackled the... Pun intended. I have not tackled the Odell Beckham Jr. story. I'll let that sit in for a second or two because that was good. Get it yet? No? Okay, I'll move (laughs) on. Um, James Wiseman today withdrawing from Memphis is probably the biggest news of the day. I haven't heard anything else. Obviously, Major League for Agency, I'm keeping an eye on. The Reds are now in the Francisco Lindor sweepstakes. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. (laughs) At all. Um... Makes a ton of sense for the Indians because I think the Packers to get back from the Reds could be massive because the Reds are just a dysfunctional mess. <laughs> if they're going to trade it, they're going to have to get something massive back to make it. Uh, Senzel, Votto, probably Castillo. Senzel, Votto, Castillo. Then a prospect. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. Aquino is in the outfield. They could use Aquino. So they don't really have much with outfield. Who? The Indians? I know, but the Reds don't either. 
Yeah, but if you want Lindor. You're Maybe even Tucker Barnhart. Maybe, but how old is Barnhart, though? 29? Yeah. 30? I don't know if they would want that. He's he's better than Roberto Perez, but he's not world-class better. <laughs> you're not going to have to pay him, though. Right, but I don't think they would want to carry no, long story short, similar level. Why? That's what the Nationals just did. They just won a World Series. They're both better than Roberto Perez and Tucker Barnhart. No, that's not my point. But they were similar level. Okay, but uh, but the Nationals were also a contending team. If the Indians trade Lindor, no, I don't they know. were not. I don't think the in. Yes, they were. The Nationals. When I said we're going to make the playoffs, everyone thought I was an idiot. Right, but nobody said they were going to be the third worst team in the National League. No, no one said that, but everyone had them I, third or fourth everyone in the had, division. Ever, everyone had them mostly below 500. I had them, me. Right. I had them as a above 500 competitive team. I didn't, I didn't think they would be good enough to be a playoff team, but then again, I don't think anyone expected the Phillies to be as bad as they were either. But I still thought they'd be an above 500 team. But my point is, I think for a rebuilding team, I don't think they would want to take – if you're going to make that kind of trade – you become a rebuilding team one, and you would... Here's the thing. I don't think the Indians them. are rebuilding. I think they're retooling, and there's a difference. You would hope, but, I mean, if they're trying to get prospects like Senzel, and... Senzel can play right away. Produce right away. Maybe, but he didn't do it last year, so I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But um, the reason I brought up Francisco Lindor is because I promised this a few weeks ago... Tried <laughs> to get some of these people to come here. And, sorry, my nose is running. But I tried to get, you know, I don't know, maybe a network or two of guys. If only there was other shows on this network with talent. Oh, wait, we do. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Try to get a few people to come here and do a nice little baseball segment. And That might be the nicest. That might be the nicest you've ever been to our other, other shows. <laughs> What? What I do? They have talent. <laughs> they're not me, but they're damn close. Except the haystack. I don't know. What, I don't know what that guy's smoking. But um, <laughs> no, I'm just, say that. no. It's if I don't make fun of him, I'm sick. Like I'm like call and call an ambulance and move on. Just pronounce me dead at the scene. But um, yeah, you know, I the only one at this point that I wanted, I would even like. Rely on to come as Errol. That's it. And how sad is that? <laughs> like, the guy that does everything has to be the guy that I got to call to be like, hey, listen, come to a show. Entertain some people. Um, I do want to thank him again, though, because Tuesday's show, was it Tuesday? Yes. Tuesday's show was great. I love Tuesday's show. That's the maddest I've been in months. Which is good. It's good to be mad sometimes. But anyway, the reason I went on that long tangent for no reason was because, A, I do it a lot, and B, <laughs> um, I'm going to let Speedy have his fun, and I'm going to let him say, Trade him now! Oh, that was great. I bet you Errol crashed into something just now. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so we're going to let Speedy have trade them now. Uh, so we'll go through every team, try to find a guy or two to trade or be, rebuild around and trade everybody else. Nah, it depends on really the team situation. But I'll try to be as controversial and 
not boring as possible. <laughs> Which I'm sure you don't have to worry about. Um, Mookie Betts and the Dodgers is getting hot apparently too, so that's something to keep your eye on. We'll keep an eye on the Major League free agent market. Hockey is always on, if anyone wants to talk about hockey. I have not touched the Taylor Hall trade because I touched it Tuesday, but um, I think it's a wash. I think the trade's a wash. I think Taylor Hall will leave Arizona, and I think Arizona's going to give up nothing really for him. Well, they have a lot of money to spend, though, because they don't have a lot of bad contracts in their teams mostly. No one wants to go to Arizona at all. They pay him, he'll stay. <laughs> no, I agree. Listen, I agree, but... No, I don't think it'll lure other guys in, if that's what you're thinking. I'm saying no, no, that's exactly just re-signing Hall, they'll build with him and the, the young talent. That's not a bad front line, though. Brad Richardson. Uh, Brad, uh, yeah, yeah, it Brad is Brad Richardson. Richardson yep. Clayton Keller and Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good line. Yep. That's a phenomenal one. And Keller's got a ton of upside still. Mm-hmm. Was he 22, 23? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kid's been playing since he was 19. Ridiculous. Right. Just please trade Derek Stefan. Not to the Rangers, but to somebody else. <laughs> the Islanders. Speaking of Islanders, can we have freaking Derek Broussard back? Like, why Why is he even wearing blue and orange? That, that makes me sick. Yeah, just, tra- just, just, have, just put him in Tampa with everyone else. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just push the Stanley Cup into Tampa. Why don't you? He'll, Ste- Derek Stefan will be a healthy scratch on that team. <laughs> healthy scratch. He'd be, he'd be lucky to be in the AHL roster. God, jeez. You want to talk about? It. You know what? If he moved to wing, I think it would benefit him. Maybe it, I can see that. He had he cannot. The, my biggest beef with Stefan is you can't win a faceoff ever in New York. He made a lot of defensive mistakes too. I didn't like either. No, it's all right. I mean, he's gone and Arizona's winning now. So what do we know? But <laughs> it's eight twenty-five. So you know what that means. Good. I didn't know what it meant either. But <laughs> I'm going to go to Around the World in Sports with the worst segue in the history of segues. Ready? Set. Go. We're going to start in the NBA because the NBA is actually on the TV over here. Then we're going to start with the game that's on. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Everyone swears to me this is the NBA Finals. I'm telling you right now, neither team will make the NBA Finals. Really? Yep. 24-4 and four each. The Milwaukee Bucks are up 17-15 in the worst first quarter of shooting I've seen in quite some time. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, who can do nothing but shoot, take on the Utah <laughs> Jazz. Oh, they don't do anything else. <laughs> right. Well, Trey Young can move the ball, but that's really the only one that can. Uh, they're up 48-39 over the Utah Jazz. The Later today, the San Antonio Spurs take on Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets which I had to defend Kyrie Irving again today because my general manager hates him. Hates <laughs> is he a Celtics fan? <laughs> no. he. Or is he a Knicks fan? <laughs> no, I don't know what he is. Okay. I think he just thinks Kyrie is a troublemaker. Actually, I know he thinks Kyrie is a troublemaker because he tells me so. And then he brings up the earth is flat thing. and I. I... <laughs> well, we can still bash him for that. Well, right, but I, again, what does that have to do with him all on the floor? Nothing. But, um, no, but it's easy to bash him for that. This, I think, is the game that will determine who comes out of the West. Clippers and Rockets at 10.30. Um, and for those of you wondering why I think the Rockets will come out of the West, I don't. I think the Los Angeles Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference, and I don't think it's really close. They're the best defensive team. They got three guys that can shut down anybody in the league. Beverly can shut down Eddie Guard, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can take on anybody. All right, so if not Milwaukee, who's your East? Then? Boston. 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 I, I, I picked Boston last year, but 
right. they're, they've replaced Kyrie Irving with a less ISO version of Kyrie Irving. All right. That, like, what? Kembo's just as good as Kyrie Irving. He's phenomenal. Uh, the defense looks better. And uh, right now they're just a little beat up. Once everyone comes back, Spark gets healthy and stuff, you're going to see that team really get better. And by the way, they have the draft capital to get better if they need to. So I'm not worried about it. And I think Gordon Hayward's done. I think he's going to get traded for somebody that can be cheaper. I don't know how much you're going to get much value for. No, nah, probably just his bad contract for another bad contract and whatever else. But I don't know. But I think Boston has the, the best opportunity. And also, I keep saying this team, the Indiana Pacers are a team to watch. They really are. Are they deep enough to contend? When Victor Oladipo comes back, yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are indeed. And plus, Malcolm Brogdon can help figure out how to beat Milwaukee because he was there. Yeah, but Milwaukee could also figure him out too, (laughs) just as easily. Yeah, but I mean, and if we're talking about coaches, they're both great coaches. They are phenomenal coaches. So, and I don't know. From what I'm seeing right now, they can't make a jump shot. So, I'm not concerned. But um, again, that's... the Lakers are a good defensive team, though, too. So. Are they? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> they'd say they're okay. They're they're decent. They're not, they're better than decent. They're above average. I wouldn't say they're phenomenal. They're probably a top five defense in the league. Though. So, they are. So that's where I go with that. Um. All right, college basketball, here we go. Maryland, I keep forgetting they're out of the ACC because I was like, FS1, what the hell? But, they're um, not in the ACC, they're in the Big Ten. No, no, I just uh, forget they're out of the ACC. Oh, okay. Uh, they're actually trailing to Seton Hall right now, Speedy's favorite, Cinderella, uh, 38-29. Seton Hall doesn't have their two best players. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's something to watch out for. But Seton Hall is always one of those bubble teams you don't want yes. to play. So that's fun. Uh, Seton Hall is up over Maryland, number seven in the nation again, 38-29. Blair today, Auburn, number 12 in the nation, takes on North Carolina State. Still undefeated, too. Yeah, they are. And um, they might they might cause some trouble. They really might. Again, it's too soon to tell who, who's going to win the national championship. But there's a couple teams that could do it right now. And then, of course, there's my pick for the national champion. Number four in the nation, Duke. Uh, they're up 56-33 right now on ESPN2 over Ray Fort. Wofford. My actual Final Four Cinderella last year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. No, we're that dice game screwed us big time. Big time. And then, of course, with the most games, I think, for the first time ever, doing the history of this segment, they have more games than basketball on. The NHL. Right now, the Islanders and Boston Bruins are tied at one, which I don't know why I have so many Islander fans on Twitter. I, I had no idea. But uh, it annoys me. It does. They're either Islander or Blackhawk fans. I, I can't understand. All of them. I'm like, why? Robin Leonard, I get his story, and he's a cool guy. I hope to interview him one day. But being a fan over it, I think it's a little strong. Uh, but Anders Bork has scored for the Bruins. And Johnny Boychuk. Remember that beautiful name? Yeah. He scored for Johnny the Boychuk revenge game. And Jordan Eberle's back. He got an assist for Boychuk, and we're tied at one. Yeah, right, Johnny Woodchuck. Jesus. I wanted the Rangers to get Woodchuck. I'm not going to lie. Oh, here we go. And uh, it looks like the problems are solved. Alexander Radulev has put the Dallas Stars on the map. They were actually leading this game 1-0. And the Tampa Bay Lightning have scored three straight goals. 
Sergachev, who the Rangers should have demanded in a trade. Yep. Alex Kilhorn, who should also have been in the trade. And then Mr. Ranger Killer himself, Andre Palat. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. three. That's yeah. That's that's three one lightning. For those of you, that's three one lightning over the Dallas Stars. Jesus, boy, oh boy, I thought I was blind. Remember how I said the Buffalo Sabers were better than people thought? Sure. Okay, they're losing right now, six nothing to the Flyers, and there's four minutes left in the second period. Yeah. They're, they're gonna they're gonna score a touchdown. So you got Mikhail Grobrev, James Van Riesdyk. Matt Niskanen. <laughs> he still exists. Yeah. Capital. Capital great. I'm sure he will get to Uh Ian Provorov, Tyler Pitlick, and James Van Reeves' like a game. So he's probably going to get a hat trick in this game, which is awesome. Just kidding. I hate the Flyers. Kevin Hayes, you son of a man. How could you possibly leave to go there? But the Blue Jack overpaid him. <laughs> well, right, but whatever. Um, the Kings are up 2-1 to one over the Columbus Blue Jackets. And John Torella, your days are numbered, my friend. Adrian Kempe and Jeff Carter are the goals for the Kings. And my favorite defenseman, not on the New York Rangers, Zach Wierninski has put the Blue Jackets First on the First game board. back, too. Yeah, that man, he's come to New York. Nashville's up 1-0 over the Ottawa Senators. What a surprise. Craig Smith scored for the Nashville, Nashville Predators. Speaking of the Blackhawks, they're up 1-0 over the Winnipeg Jets. Alex Nylander. I wonder if he's related to William Nylander. I don't think so. I think so. I do I do know William Nylander has a brother. But, eh, maybe not. Uh, the Blue Jets, uh, what the hell? Blackhawks up 1-0 over the Jets. In about a half hour, we'll, we'll see the Hurricanes avalanche. Canadians, Flames. A half hour after that, you'll see the Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jets, the Minnesota Wild, and Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson's another guy I'd love the Rangers to have. And then, of course, the game of all games. The Knights of Las Vegas take on the Vancouver Canucks. And just to rub in the face of all Rangers fans, JT Miller's still great. Let me just... Yep, 31 points. Great job. Great job. Great freaking job. Thank you so much, Vigno, you <laughs> uncompetent swine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Around the World Sports, brought to you by Ray's Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway. Hop Hog, New York. And uh, that's all you get uh, as far as the address goes. Don't know the zip. I always forget to look it up. And again, I don't care. But that's it. And I also, no, no, that's it. No, that's all I got. I completely forget what I'm supposed to say right now. Jesus, that was bad. It was like drawing a blank, as if I'm not supposed to know what to say next. But uh, Hop Hog, New York, Snug's favorite line. So if you want to call the show, one eight seven whatever Snug says. Hashtag whatever Snug says. one 877 is the number to call. I apologize to Alec, who is a uh, friend of ours from Cleveland. Tried calling last night. I don't know why the phone line got so hot, but it did. I apologize. Uh, I will let you be the first caller if you choose to be so. Uh, if not, then uh, I apologize again. But, uh, yeah. A lot to get to. Uh, we, speaking of Cleveland sports, 
we will save the Odell thing for after the break. But first, the big news today is consensus. Number one overall pick in the NBA draft, James Wiseman, has withdrawn from Memphis and will focus on entering the draft in June, which is completely what he should have done. And I know we talked about this um, when it first broke about him being suspended and how Penny Hardaway Jr. is a booster and everything else. Um, the kid got screwed. There's no, other, there's no real way to say it. Kid got screwed, and uh, the NCAA was trying to build a – and you know what's funny? They had turned a corner. They did because we were so kind of enamored with the fact of, hey, they're going to pay the kids. That's good. That's good. They're going to let the athletes make money because they're billion-dollar corporation off these kids' sweat, blood, and tears. Broken ligaments and torn bones, and I said it backwards on purpose. <laughs> torn ligaments, broken bones, bloody noses. Uh, Kevin Ware's broken leg. This, Oof, you can yeah. go on and on. So we were so happy about that. And I thought, yes, they finally figured it out. And then this James Wiseman situation happened. And I was like, no, you didn't. Well, it's not really. it wasn't really them that were progressing in that. It was the states that were letting them make money off endorsements. It wasn't really the NCAA directly. Well, they still had to allow so I gave him kind of credit for that. This James Wiseman thing, though, it, it's a black eye. It really is for the NCAA. It, it doesn't look good. And I have to be honest, this will deter people from going to college basketball. It just will be. Well, we kind of knew that already cause with all the one-and-done debates that have happened over the years, right. whether the NCAA should – not have that kind of thing anymore. The NBA, whichever side actually enforced it, shouldn't have that thing. I think we kind of knew that players were going to do that anyway. I think Brandon Jennings was really the first one, and then it started having a ripple effect with guys playing in different spots. Now it's just becoming more prominent, I think, with some of the scandals that have happened. And the problem is, I don't know if that's necessarily going to solve anything on either side, but, but, but we knew players were going to do it anyway in terms of them whether that helps them grow or not is another question well right and here's here's the thing that i remember us uh, not us as in me and you but us as in the network we were all kind of talking about well you've got all of these options now you have overseas obviously look at the ball brothers leangelo and lamello now they have an unfair advantage, or an unfair advantage in the fact of Lonzo and Lavar put so much spotlight on those two. They were going to get the eye of the media, regardless if they were good or not. Right. Just because of the fact of this is what you're going to get, like kind of swept up in. I think Lamelo will still get that anyway. Though. He's going to be a lottery pick in the draft, from what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely destroying the opponents he's playing. I think people are, most people are thinking he's going to be second after Weissman off the board. <laughs> I read some reports. Don't be surprised if he goes one. 
depending on the team, don't be surprised if he goes one. Oh God, if the Knicks take him, oh God, he he put he fits. The, the yeah, only I reason, just don't want Lavar in New York. Media right, combined. that that <laughs> that that's what I was gonna say. That would suck here because Lavar yeah. would be in the news. Yeah, I don't every want day for four years. The New York media is already so they stir up controversy as it is with coaches and stuff like that. Imagine that got that guy in the media. Oh God. I think your next coach is actually on the TV right now. Uh, well, on the game on TV. We are watching the Laker-Nick game. I think Jason Kidd. Don't Kidd's, tell me Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd's the next oh coach. Oh, God. Nick. That's just my opinion. Oh, God. Well, think of it this way. They're not keeping both Kidd and um, – I can't and Vogel, think. Right. And Vogel, right. I understand that. Nah, I just don't want Kidd as a coach because I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I mean, last time the Knicks were good, he was the point guard, so maybe it brings he back was the, the It was the, like, eighth option or something like No, that. he was the backup point guard. He might have even – I think he started. No, Felton started. On okay, so he was the backup. Which means he was playing mostly prominent minutes. But, oh, Paul Siakam's out indefinitely. Well, that's not good. Oh, wow. Um – but yeah, I, I just my whole thing about this James Wiseman incident is obviously James Wiseman. It stinks for him because everyone tells me, "No, you have to let these kids go to school because that's the education." And if they fail in this in sports, they can go back and get their degree and everything else. Like Andrew right, Luck that, isn't going to struggle because Andrew Luck retired and he has his degree from that's Stanford. That's a choice. Blah, blah, just like blah, blah, blah. Else, well, right, but you can't declare for the draft. If you're still going to school. Oh, yeah, you lose eligibility at that point. So what James Wiseman's thinking is, is I'm not paying – my scholarships most likely were revoked. Right, but that happens with anybody. If you declare for the draft, you automatically lose your eligibility. Well, no, I'm saying he probably lost his scholarship when the NCAA suspended him. So the odd that, he's probably – not at Memphis. I don't know the situation, but I would venture to say he went for Memphis for basketball reasons. Yes. And to that's be why coached I, by Penny Hardaway. That's why I think the, the booster thing is, uh, has some traction to it. Not for the money exactly, just for the fact that he coached him. He kind of lured him in. And it seems like some kind of tampering-like thing. And that's why I thought it should, have been, re- it should have been Penny Hardaway suspended, not Wiseman. Sure. Fine, that's fair, because Penny Hardaway is a made man, and he can take the pay cut loss. But here's the thing that I disagree with you on completely. That's bullshit for the simple fact of Penny Hardaway is no different than Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo. Um, that's fine, but they all should be caught the same. I'm not James saying Capel- uh, right. Capelli from uh, Kentucky. John Calipari. John Calipari. No, you're uh, right. They all should be caught the same. I've said that for a while. Every coach that's involved in any kind of scandal, any athletic director director caught like that, they should all be caught the same. I'm not saying they should do that. And we talked about that the first time this happened. There is definitely evident bias, but that's the NCAA. That's the one thing I'll knock them for is you can't turn in the NFL and have your bias on certain coaches staying. Right. Others, obviously, we saw what happened with Sean Miller. We saw what happened with now happening with Kansas, too. They could be in trouble uh, long-term, even though they're number one right now, unfortunately. But they, they'll have their biases. I agree with you on that, but I'm still saying he still should be suspended, though. It's not – it is a violation. But 
Mike Krzyzewski isn't recruiting people, or I shouldn't say that. Mike Krzyzewski's not a booster because of the fact of he's saying, here's a million dollars if you come play for me for a year. Mike Krzyzewski is Duke basketball. Of course. You're not going right, to Duke to be Christian Leitner. You're not going to Duke to be J.J. Redick. You're not going to Duke to be Grant Hill. You're going to Duke to be coached by Mike Krzyzewski so you get noticed, you go to the NBA, and you prepare yourself better than right. 99% of the guys going into the draft. Right. It's a different era of college basketball. Right. That's why that one-and-done debate is the one, the one and done. The one-and-done debate is going to be the best-case scenario for college basketball soon. Again, I agree with you on that, too. Again, overseas, and the G League is going to start getting guys in high school, top 50 recruits, going to the G League. I don't want to spend money well, that, in college. Again, that's your choice again. Well, right. But you're getting paid, and you're not learning from college basketball coaches in Division Three, Division Two, hoping you get noticed like a Damian Lillard who has all the potential in the world. Damian Lillard to a D1 school. No, I'm, I'm just saying. A division just because you're Division One doesn't mean that you're getting all the hype. You might there are Division One colleges. Right. People will swear to you are Division Three. Right, but the right, but the dilemma with that is: do you go to a a great team and with other potential recruits and get get noticed with that and probably learn from a big name coach like that, or do you go maybe to a smaller school, develop there and look good statistically and then get noticed that way too? It's it's something that's interesting and again. A lot of players, as a result from small schools, have really flourished from that too, just as much as the big schools, just because of that. The big schools, while they're, again, it's the best chance, there's also a lot of busts too from there, it's just as easily, just because it's a higher sample. Sure. I'm not disagreeing with anything other than the fact of if I need to get paid, because let's not kid ourselves. Are there players that grow up going, I want to play basketball, I, I love basketball, I want to play basketball? Absolutely. There are absolutely players that grow up and just want to play basketball for the love of the game and everything else. I completely understand which that. Is the I'm majority, not talking to which those. Which is the majority of college basketball players, too. Sure. I'm not talking to these kids because these kids know that they can learn and play the game the right way and everything else. Don't. Act like there are not kids that go, I want to make money right away, and basketball is the easiest way for me to do this. Basketball is what I'm best at, and I can make money that way. Andrew Bynum, Greg Oden, uh, who's no, another. Greg Oden played for Ohio State. No, I know that, but I'm saying Greg Oden didn't love basketball. Greg Oden was seven feet tall and oh, okay. had no choice. I thought you meant he played overseas. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, who else is a prime example? There are guys that just come into the league because that's what they've been told at a young age. This is how you're going to make money. Do this, do this. And they don't love it. They enjoy being good at it, but they don't love playing basketball. And I'm sure if you took a pie chart of guys in the league, that number is higher than what you expect. I'm not saying it's half. I'm not saying it's 30%, but it's probably higher than most people think. And it's definitely double digits. Definitely more now, too. And that's why we're seeing most of the young prospects now that come out. There's a lot more international prospects that succeed right away, too. I right. Because of that as well. Just them not having the same, I guess, work ethic or something like that. Now, 
the reason this Wiseman thing to me is a bigger concern is because what if James Wiseman really did want to learn the game, want to get coached by Penny Hardaway, and turn down Jay Wright at Villanova or turn down Kentucky was his primary offer. Turn down John Calipari. Do you think this would have happened if he went to Kentucky? No, it wouldn't have. And if it did, it would have waited until after, after well, he sure. declared I mean, for the draft. That's what I'm saying with the bias, where, yeah, the NCAA might not investigate it as hard. However, at the same time, it just seems very coincidental that Memphis hired Penny Hardaway and then all of a sudden has some leverage for this kind of thing, too. And that's why I think there is the boost connection Well, don't even there. Well, let's go this way, too. Maybe Penny Hardaway told James Wiseman, hey, I'm about to become the coach of Memphis. So what I can do for you is I can guarantee you that you're going to learn the game. They might have only had a basketball conversation, and James Wiseman went, I can't. My family cannot afford me to move to Memphis. So Penny Hardaway said, I'm no, no, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'll be a coach. We'll announce it, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, people go, oh, well, you're a booster. The booster wasn't – he wasn't boosting the uh, alumni thing as he was recruiting. Not, recruit. an, not initially, It was no. years ago. Well, yeah. And now he's the coach. Well, yeah, he started funding them in 2009 and has continued to do that since then. Obviously, the recent – Money is something that could definitely contribute to helping the program. The 09, up to maybe before that, like 14 or 15, is not going to be really relevant to this kind of case. It's more of the he coached James Wiseman, he has leverage that way, and he's going to end up having a recruiting edge that way in the form of being more of a incentive and booster that way. Now, I just – my takeaway from this James Wiseman incident isn't even the fact of – the NCAA to me will always have two hands in the cookie jar and an eye in the hallway to make sure that no one sees them with their hand in the cookie jar. Right, but so will coaches and athletic directors. No, too. yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not saying the NCAA is the only guilty party, but – they're far from the only guilty party. There's even companies that are having scandal issues now too with them. Nike, Moore's will come out. No more will come out. I'm telling you now. Nike, probably Adidas. The NBA itself might be in on it. Don't be surprised. Yep, I believe it. Now here's the other thing that ties into this. The NBA right now. If I'm the NBA, I declare it. Listen. This high school to the NBA thing works out more than not. Kobe Garnett, Dwight Howard, uh, I'm trying to think of Tracy McGrady. There are kids that LeBron James. There are kids that do it. Now, again, you're talking about generational greats. Got it? Understood. But even if they become role players and they don't, amount to the success of everything else, they can still, at a young enough age, go, you know what, I can't play basketball, I do have to go to school. And who knows, maybe at 19, 20, they go to college and 
maybe the college says, hey, listen, we saw you in the league. You didn't make it, but you can play for us and try to go back. If you don't have an initial scholarship offer or? Well, no, if you just, if you go from high school to the league and okay. have no contact at all with NCAA, you can get scholarships if you're league, if you retire or whatever else. And if it doesn't work out, you get drafted again. What's the big deal? It's No one's losing anything by this. First of all, the kid makes money because he gets drafted at a young age. The kid finds out I either have to relearn the game of basketball, change my skill set, or go to school to learn something because basketball ain't working out for me. Or they know that they have to go to school anyway because they know their game ain't strong enough for the NBA. Most high school kids that declare for the NBA draft know for a fact that they can play in the league. They went to the schools. They've been told to go to the league by coaches. Scouts say you can go to the league. They're not just recruited by college guys. They're recruited by NBA guys, too. The NBA goes to the high school McDonald's thing. The NBA sends players to go. There is not this bias of, oh, well, you know, you're in high school, so you got to go to college. The NBA keeps an eye on the kids in high school. They do. Why do you think they started the G League? They know how much talent is there. They know that. So they say, we'll pay you more than college, enough to get you know your life started, and learn the game. And they're not breaking the bank to do so. And to the, college, and to the kid in high school that wants to play basketball, like James Wiseman, the kid now is going to go, huh, well, I mean, I, I would like to go to Louisville, but... James Wiseman got in trouble for his family moving there, so maybe I should just go to the G League. Parents are going to say, go ahead. Right, but then go to the G League. Don't go to the G League. That's your commitment. You're making a choice. You're not going to automatically going to get, all right, if I squander in the NBA or the G League or whatever, you're not going to get scholarship offers. No, I understand that. I'm just saying if you want to try to make it as a walk-on maybe, but, I mean – as a, as a scholarship, no, because schools are already getting scholarships for players that are younger and players that already have these offers. So all of a sudden you're going to lose spots that way too, and that's unfair to other guys that are trying to get scholarships too if you well, just keep recycling them like the that. Wa- the, wa- the walk-on thing will happen too, but I know that there is a chance that – a lot of people, uh, oh, God, to be voted. <laughs> We're going to go to break now because I'm pissed off once again. Alec, my Cleveland man. I need you to call in, buddy. I, ne- I-, I know you listen. I know you hear me when I need you. I need you now. When we come back from break, we will not be James Wiseman and uh, removing ourselves from Worldwide Sports Radio Network, but we will be. And just to make this long, synonymous thing short, I do agree with James Wiseman. I would focus on the draftee. NCAA completely wronged him and everything and his family. Yeah, nobody's faulting him, I don't think. The 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 kid should not have been penalized for obeying the school. That's all I'm going to say about it. And um, this is definitely going to help the G League and overseas leagues, too. And LeVar Ball's league, too. 
I, I, <laughs> no, I'm serious. There are going to be people that go, you have the NBA's attention. I'll go there. There will be. I'm not saying there'll be five-star recruits, but four three-star recruits will go there, yeah. Now, when we come back, I go from defending James Wiseman to defending a wise man. <laughs> I swear, ladies and gentlemen, I do this all at the top of my head. That was probably one of the best ones I've ever done on this network. I defend Odell Beckham Jr. and why he is not to blame for Wayne out of Cleveland next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And manage the baseball team. Little League? Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hello. Welcome back to the home stretch. I'm your host, Ty Harrison, along with my co-host and producer, Speedy PD. I was starting to think of something smart to say. I had nothing. Um, back to, you know. The wise man. <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny how things stay the same but change at the same time. Um, you know, everyone said how a few years ago when Josh Gordon was, some said, the best wide receiver in football. Damn, it's a shame he's in Cleveland. And then Jarvis Landry went to Cleveland. Not this year, but last. Everyone said, oh, that's screwed up. They sent him to Cleveland. They quote-unquote sent him there to, for his career to die. <laughs> and then Odell got traded to Cleveland, and it didn't become, ah, oh, poor Odell. It became, damn, Cleveland Cleveland might be pretty good next year. Hmm, that, damn, Cleveland, Cleveland's offense is going to be elite. Damn. No one worried about Odell. No one cared that Odell went to Cleveland. Everyone said Cleveland is lucky and blah, blah, blah. The Giants did the right thing. He's a knucklehead and everything else. I've heard all of it. But Odell has been unfairly scrutinized since that infamous catch. That catch is the best and worst thing that's ever happened to Odell Beckham Jr. Put him in the media spotlight. Let the league know I'm the best wide receiver in football. And to let Eli know I can look for this guy at any given time. It also let the media go, he's our next puppet. And what I mean by that is we're going to use this guy wherever we need viewers, ratings, or wherever we got nothing, we're going to find something for him. Because this guy is a star, and he's going to drive a absolute pulse through our business. So, Odell Beckham Jr., loved being a giant, loved being in New York, loved the media, loved everything. Never complained once. Then Ben McAdoo got there. Jeez. And then Ben McAdoo left. Then they brought in Pat Shermer. Can we just call him Ben McAdoo from now on? (laughs) We can just call him dumb. Yes, we can do that too. Hashtag whatever Snug says. So here we go. Yes, this is my second cup of iced tea. But anyway, I do know one thing and one thing only about this. Everyone looks at it from a standpoint of he's a cancer. He's bad in the locker room. That needs to stop. It does. Because now Jarvis Landry was sent to Cleveland. And everyone swore 
yep, he's a quiet, he's a leader, he's going to help Baker Mayfield. This is great. Awesome. <laughs> the problem is you have a coach that's completely opposite. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens is the worst coach in football, um, which is amazing because you have a great young quarterback, arguably the best running back in football, the best wide receiver in core in football, the best young tight end in football, good defense. Good defense. That defense is good. Mm, yeah, but it's still spotty at times, too. Well, that's because everyone got hurt. But They're talented, but they're very still good defense. And the Milwaukee Bucks are absolutely kicking the – oh, yeah, no, they're kicking the crap out of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It's all in the court design. Yeah, well, not only that, they can't – the Lakers can't shoot. I told everybody, they cannot shoot. The Bucks can't shoot either, but I don't know. The Lakers, they have can't. depth pieces that can shoot, though. Corver and they're, yeah, you're right. they're just their primary guys are built to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like LeBron will pass instead of take the shot, and uh, Jesus, I swear I'm going to defend Odell, but some of these people are asinine. Max Wide, a Wildstein. I, I I don't know who you are. I I don't know who you are. Yankee tweets, analyst videos, and oh well. I mean, you got a couple. You got a good following, so that I won't. I won't talk too much smack. But Aaron Judge is the best player on the Yankees. There shouldn't be any type of argument against this. I'm sorry. Trade him now. No, I'm not even. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. This other guy retweeted and said Glaber Torres is the best player on the Yankees, and he didn't even get started yet. Hello. You're both wrong. You're both wrong. It's amazing to me. If you're looking at pure impact. It's actually Garrett Cole, number one. Number two, if you're going with everyday player because you don't want to count the pitching, that's fine. By the way, Chapman has got something to say about this conversation too, but if you're going with everyday player, I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't DJ Mayhew just finish third in the MVP voting? Not to baseball, but to our minds, yeah. <laughs> the, what is he actually, fourth? Yeah. Because they had the surprise top three of Marcus Simeon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a Yankee screw job is what that was. That's Gary Sanchez not winning Rookie of the Year. Oh and God, that's Miguel Andujar not winning Rookie of the Year. That, that that's Derek Cheater not winning MVP over Justin Morneau. That's what that was. But anyway, I digress. Oh, hang on, Justin Morneau. Derek Cheater had a better season. Look it up. Anyway, the fact that DJ Mayhew is getting disrespected again is asinine. He's the best everyday player for the Yankees. He's the best defender. He's the best hitter. He is the best clutch hitter. He is the most diverse player. He can do everything. He can steal. He can defend. He does everything. By the way, he doesn't strike out nearly as half as much as everyone else. I digress. DJ Mayhew is the best player in the Yankees. Point blank period. And if you want to talk about best pure hitting ability... A, Gary Sanchez, if he ever gets his mind right. And B, Miguel and Duhar are above Aaron Judge in that conversation, too. Miguel and Duhar can hit 300 in his sleep. He led the league in doubles his rookie year. I actually think he has the most doubles in a rookie season in Yankee history. Not Aaron Judge. Miguel and Duhar. Doesn't strike out. He doesn't walk, but he doesn't strike out. And he can't defend. But other than that, he's the best pure hitter on the Yankees, not named DJ Mayhew. I, I, I swear to God, 
Stop looking at the home runs. The home runs are going to absolutely destroy you. The home run, the long ball is absolutely going to destroy you. By the way, we're completely off this Odell thing, and I'll get back to it, but Speedy, did you see my tweet on how to change baseball? Is somewhat. I don't remember at all. Okay. So, for the All-Star weekend, right, we can all kind of agree it's the worst All-Star, like the all- worst All-Star game, whatever thing, out no, of all four. No, football's clearly the worst. <laughs> no, the Pro Bowl's got fun activities. Oh, you're talking about the activities. Yeah, the whole weekend, the whole um, kit and caboodle. The All-Star game is really just a home run derby. And then oh, okay. The, I think I meant the actual All-Star game. Okay. Uh, the basketball's got – basketball's probably one. Pro Bowl's – no, hockey's one. Hockey's one. I think Hockey so. is one. Pro Bowl, probably two. And then basketball. Or basketball and football can be flipped. But ho- baseball's worse. No, I think football's better than basketball. But baseball's the, the worst. The dunk contest has fallen off. <laughs> No, I know, but the history and everything like that. But eventually they'll revamp it. But we can agree baseball is last? Sure, just because it's okay. the home run derby mainly. I like the celebrity game, but it's not really a bigger deal in terms of like a skill perspective thing. So what I suggest is that since the home run derby is the only thing, right, that really attracts people to the all-star game, what if you made a permanent rule in Major League Baseball? And I just thought of this now. Well, I didn't think of it now, but I – Forgot that I wanted to mention. So two weeks ago, this guy was like, if you had to change Major League Baseball, what would you change to make it more exciting? What if you set a distance requirement? Say, it has to be... Now, for this thing to happen, right, it has to be kind of far to the fact of not everyone can do it, but be realistic enough where, okay, this guy can get a hold of one and change everything. So I'm thinking 475, 470, 465. It, it's got to be a bomb, right? It can't be one of these cheap shots over the right field wall in Yankee Stadium and people <laughs> swear it's a home run. I want long ball, like over, uh, over the green monster at Fenway into the freaking across the street. You hit the ball, we'll go 465, okay, just for argument's sake, uh, 460. So you hit the ball 460 feet. Your home run counts, obviously, right? So whatever, let's say it's a three-run shot. So your three, your run counts for three, but also because you hit the ball over that certain destined feet, you get an out back. So let's say you have two outs. So you add a fourth out, essentially? No, you just get, well, yeah, actually, that's fine. So instead of... Um, you know, runners on first and second with two outs. Then you hit the three-run bomb or whatever. Now you go back to one out. Okay. So it's, it's you delete it out. Yes. Okay, so it's not – so you – Not – it's essentially four outs, but you still have to get three outs in the end. All right. All right. So it's an informal four outs. Hmm. Eh. I'm, like, in between on that because I think it would obviously favor certain – parks and certain teams. Well, right. I don't want everyone to be able to do it. Right. Because then it's not worth adding in. It's interesting in terms of the popularity dilemma because obviously home runs have definitely driven up the sport. Yes. That's all people care about. But at the same time, 
people complain all the time about pace of play. If you're adding more outs, then that, that would hurt that too. So I don't know how that would the, the popular consensus would be. I Again, I don't really like it because I, I feel like it would favor certain parks because it's much easier to hit further in other places in terms of more prominent hitters' parks where even just in div general divisions might benefit too from that because there's more pitchers' parks in divisions like the AL Central and the NL Central has a lot of pitchers' parks. So I, I really don't know how that would benefit from that perspective. If, the, if there wasn't so much disparity with the parks, I might like it, but I'm still on the fence with it just because of it. I think the concept is cool in terms of just trying to pitch not to allow the home run. Right. But I feel like there would be some really rigged numbers based on the ballpark statuses, I guess, more than anything else. I mean, I, I get it. I just I was trying to be creative and think of a cool out, and you just completely ruined it for me, but thanks. All right, we have a caller. Do we? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, welcome to the home stretch. How may I help you? Hello? Hello, hello? Hello? No, maybe we know. Okay. Call hello. back. Hello. Yeah, call, call back. back. I don't know what that was. Uh, Probably just a prank call. All right. Probably just a prank call. Don't worry. We're back to the wise man now. Yes. So... I got distracted, but um, it, it's just funny how everything changed for Odell, right? Like, he was yep, – oh, two. here we go. Round now, two. Welcome to the home stretch. How may I help you? Hello? Hello, hello? No, maybe uh, not. Just killed. Maybe, maybe not. not. All right. If, 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 he next... call, if he calls back, I'll just find out what it is. No, no. That, if that thing starts raining again, just paint it up. Just, I... Yeah, just get in here. But, um, I'll figure out who it is. But Odell Beckham Jr., right? It's funny how he went from being New York's next guy, because uh, Lundquist was probably the guy at the time, to just to uh, get him out of here. I don't know what Odell did. Landon Collins says his teammates loved him. Um, no one really complained or cared about the fact that he had his hair done or anything like that. Odell Beckham Jr. did his thing. And everyone loved him. He was top receiver in football to me. He's the best route runner. He has great hands. And he, despite what people say, not going over the middle, he can go anywhere on the field. And in open field, he's elusive to tackle. Now, he goes to Cleveland, and this is an argument I was having today. It's funny how no one understands how this works. You do not build. He's on the phone? Yeah, it's snug. We're trying to get him on. I don't know, I don't know why this is doing do the thing that Errol taught you with the plug-your-phone-in thing. I will give it a shot, but then Snug would have to call my phone. Oh, wait. So how... Oh, crap. Yeah, I really... I don't know what's going on can, here. Well, pick him back up and hear... And see if he can hear me. All right. You want me to hang up again? Or? No, talk... Pick up the phone and tell him it's if on, he can hear me. It's him. on, but I can't, still can't hear him. <laughs> Even when he's on the headset piece? Yeah, everything's everything's off operating like normal. I don't know. All right, Snug, try to call my phone, and we'll we'll try to put you in like that. But um, that's weird. He normally sends me a tweet when he's trying to. Uh, yeah, Snug's call Speedy. So anyway, um, I I I just I don't understand how no one knows how this works. The Patriots are the dynasty in the NFL. 
let's see what happened in New England. Bill Belichick established a culture, and Bill Belichick ran everybody to follow his orders and follow what he wanted to do. Freddie Kitchens is not going to do that in Cleveland. Okay, Freddie Kitchens is going to get fired. That's why Mark McCarthy needs to come, establish just establish discipline, and ultimately put something in place where guys like Odell, Jarvis Landry, or Jarvis Landry had Adam Gase as head coach. Okay, ask Le'Veon Bell about Adam Gase, and I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. Odell Beckham Jr. had Pat Shermer, awful head coach, Ben McAdoo. Awful head coach. And despite what people say about Tom Coughlin, he kind of rubs people the wrong way. I'm not saying discipline's bad. I'm not saying you should have a coach that, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying be Matt LaFleur, okay, where you just, or Pete Carroll and let everything go. I'm saying what you do here is you need somebody personable. All right, let's try this now. Snugs. Uh, it's not John. I I can hear him kind of. I lost my Snugs, try again. I'm still kind of new to this whole thing. Snugs. All right. Yeah. I'll, Sorry, Snugs. I'll, I'll stay on. I'll deal with it. Okay. Sorry, Snugs. Um, now, my whole thing here for everything else is I really want to know, is Odell wrong? Listen, Cleveland, Kyrie wanted out. LeBron wanted out twice. Jim Brown was really the last player that retired a Brown that was worth having. Joe Thomas didn't want out, but Joe Thomas – is just a rare, rare offensive tackle who, if you wanted out, would have gotten out. I don't know if I blame Odell for wanting out of Cleveland. They're a dysfunctional mess. Owner, the owner and GM are butting heads over the head coach. The head coach is the reason this team, who should be in the playoffs, they're better than the Steelers and the Bills on paper, are playing like complete bumbling amateurs. I don't know what really to do. By the way... And this is, this is where I really want to just think for a second. You traded a Pro Bowl guard for a pass rusher. Think about that for a second. You traded Kevin Zietler for what? The offensive line is the last piece you trade. The last piece. Especially when he's a Pro Bowl guard, and your other Pro Bowl guard is really making up for the fact that J.C. Treader is not a bad center, but your tackles are garbage. So now you have this guy in Zietler that gets traded, and he is a the only bright spot in the Giants offense, not named Saquon Barkley. And your offensive line crumbled. That's it. They're no longer even looking at Patino. They're just going to run to the other side. And then you trade Austin Corbett to the Rams for what? Because Cleveland doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. 
John Dorsey and the head and the Jim Hazlitt don't know how to build this properly because Jim Hazlitt has one idea in his head and Jim Dorsey is not letting him do it or vice versa. Somebody's blocking somebody from building the team that want the way they want to build it and the friction shows because the head coach clearly doesn't know which way to go. Nick Chubb is going Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield are the future of this team. Okay. Odell and Jarvis Landry are the best wide receiver duo in the league and they're not getting the ball. Well, they're not getting the ball because Baker Mayfield doesn't have time to get him the ball. And I don't understand how Odell going up to the team like the Patriots to say, come get me, is so bad. Because if you remember correctly, the only reason Bill Belichick, I'm sorry, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't go to Bill Belichick is because the Giants refused. Now, why did the Giants refuse? The Patriots probably gave a similar offer to what the Browns did. They probably gave a first-round pick. And, because Nikhil Harry was the first-round pick, I would trade Nikhil Harry for Odell Beckham Jr. Okay? That's one. Two. I'm positive, positive, that the Patriots would have given a player that they didn't need to the Giants. Positive. Now, would the player be Jabril Peppers? I doubt it. But the Giants probably got could have gotten somebody of interesting value or more draft picks. The Patriots are draft capital kings. So why didn't the Giants send Odell to the Patriots? A, they would have been the laughing stock of the league because you got ripped off by the Patriots. Two, they would have been the most hated team in football because, God damn it, why would you give Tom Brady the best receiver in football? And three... They didn't want Odell Jr. to experience success. They didn't. They wanted Odell to go away. They wanted Odell to go somewhere. They wouldn't have to worry about Odell outshining the Giants. That's why Odell went to Cleveland. Not because, oh, well, you know, Cleveland gave us the most competitive package. I can assure you they did not. I can assure you that the Giants probably got a better offer from somebody else. A first-round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. is common sense. The Browns probably were looking at a wide receiver at number 17. So they said, we'll trade you 17 overall because DK Metcalf and uh, JJ Arcia-Whiteside or whoever they were looking at number one overall for them. Arcia-Whiteside wasn't going to go in the first round. No, I'm just saying in general. They kill Harry or uh, Hollywood Brown or A.J. Brown. They're not Odell Beckham Jr. We'll trade you the number one pick. That's common sense. He went to Cleveland because the Giants wanted to punish Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the question is, Tyler, the team... Wanted him to stay. No, they didn't. The Giants signed Odell long-term, so the Giants got leverage. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The Giants gave Odell the contract to set the market because they knew when you set the market, they had three, four guys lined up to exceed it. A.A. Julio Jones. A.A. Michael Thomas. A.A. Antonio Brown. All got paid more than Odell. 
almost a year to the day, all three of them have gotten better deals. Now, Antonio Brown, whatever. But Julio and Michael Thomas are both now higher paid than Odell. So guess what Cleveland got? A steal. A steal. They've got a young, fresh wide receiver, paid for already, under control. He's not a rental. He is not a problem. And he's a game changer. And he's a culture changer. And that's where the problem lies. Everyone swears Odell's the problem. He's not the problem. The problem is you brought in somebody that took your mom and pop shop to overnight public company. Not going to happen. Not going to work. You're understaffed. You're too new too soon. That was never going to work. I loved it because Odell Beckham Jr. got to reshape his image. Has anyone heard of Odell Beckham Jr. this year? The watch? Okay. I get it. It was a bad look for Odell to wear the watch during the game. The only thing that could have happened is he broke his watch. He wasn't going around hitting people with helmets or, you know, kicking field goal net. He wasn't, he hasn't, he's been relatively quiet. I haven't heard him say a word. He's not Zeke holding out in Cabo. But yet, oh, well, him not coming to OTAs. I don't care if you don't come to OTAs. He came to OTAs, what, twice with the Giants? I'm not, I don't care about OTAs. I don't care. You know why? That's really for rookies. That's really for rookies, two-year, three-year guys, to learn the offense better and gel. Do you really think Tom Brady going to OTAs is why the Patriots are struggling offensively? No! They've lost four Hall of, well, four top options in offense. Gronk retired. Brown got cut. They traded Josh. They basically let Josh Gordon go. That's why. That has nothing to do with Tom Brady not going to OTAs. You want to know how I think the preseason's bullshit now? Zeke didn't play. Zeke didn't even go to training camp. And he's top five in rushing. He actually looks better this year than any year he's been in the league. Don't tell me OTAs and training camp matter. They don't. Now, is it bad for the locker room to go, damn, you just paid that guy and he didn't even come? That's, that's a different story. But on the field, doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter at all. And to be quite honest with you, I don't want Odell running around on a bum ankle. Heal up, rest up, I need you opening day. That's what I'm saying if I'm the GM. I brought you here to help win because I know what you got in that tank, and I need that. I'm not wasting you on OTAs, pal. That's what Cleveland should have told Odell Beckham Jr. That's what the Giants should have figured out. No offense, Speedy. And everyone swears, oh, well, he's not a character guy. Get him out of here. BS. You know, I know that's BS. You let a Nick Saban, golden ring guy, Landon Collins, walk. And don't tell me Washington overpaid for him. Washington overpaid for him. 
You know why Washington gave him the big bucks? A, he had a huge market. B, the Giants didn't franchise him for whatever freaking reason. And I can count three times on three separate occasions without digging. I've seen a report of Landon Collins will take franchise tag and earn long-term deal. And that's a character guy the Giants kicked out. That's a character guy, right? I'm sorry. I'm trusting Nick Saban over you guys. Sorry. Take it. If you're insulted by that, then you think you're smarter than Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. By more power to you, I think you're delusional. I'm going to listen to Nick Saban. Nick Saban coached him for two, three years. I'm not listening to you. Oh, so Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't won anything. And again, I swear, this freaking trip to Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad look. That's a really bad look. I get it. On a Tuesday, they won on a cruise ship. And on a Sunday, they played bad. Okay, I get it. Also, real quick, Victor Cruz, beloved by New... Oh, who's on the phone? I don't know. Welcome to the home stretch. How may I help you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. The phones are not working. I'm sorry for that. Uh, we will try to fix it. But for now, we'll let everybody know. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over this conversation because I got to be honest with you. Odell's not the problem in Cleveland. Cleveland's the problem in Cleveland. You haven't built anything. You went from mom and pop to 401K in a week and a half, and you weren't ready for it. You're not Amazon, you're not Google, you're not, you're not these companies that can just, all right, whew, here we are, we're ready. What do you mean you're ready? You're not ready for nothing. You try to be glitz and glamour over everything else. Odell should have been the final piece in the puzzle, which he is. Odell, Be- Odell Beckham Jr. will make any team he's on better. I understand this, and that's... Completely valid. He's a huge huge talent. He's not a problem by any stretch, not even the home stretch. But what I'm saying to you is that Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to be the piece that you bring in and go, well, Odell, we're going to build a culture. What do you mean build a culture? I'm going to come here, play football, and uh, do what you tell me to do. Well, okay, that works. Think of it this way, right? You don't hire a chef in a restaurant before you pick the menu of the food. You're not going to... Because if that chef comes to you and says, I can cook anything... They're going to literally make that chef cook everything possible. But if you don't know, let's say you want to be a Chinese restaurant and a Greek chef comes up to you and says, yeah, I'm very good. All right, great. And you hire him and two weeks later you say, yeah, we're opening up a Chinese restaurant. Well, that's great, but I only cook Greek food. Well, uh, that's not going to work out, is it? He might try to learn how to cook Chinese food, but guess what? He's only going to know how to cook Greek food for at least a year. You need time. You need these things to fall into place. You're not going to hire a guy that worked on the stock market and put him in a CEO role for a pizza company. He's overqualified. What do you, what do you mean? Like, the, the guy's not going to fit. 
People are going to look at him and go, I, 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 but what do you know about cooking pizza? None, you're not going to know that. He will make the company prosperous, but he's not going to help you make the food. Odell Beckham Jr. was supposed to come in and be the final piece. Cleveland has no culture. They have no way. They have no nothing. Cleveland was too fast, too soon. Whoever's on the phone, I'm sorry. We're not answering it for you because I don't know what's going on with the phone. But I do apologize. Now, ultimately, everyone's going to blame Odell for wanting out. I've got news for you. Jarvis Landry also wants out, too. It's not just Odell. Jarvis Landry was a character guy. He was on the freaking Dolphins. The Dolphins. The team in Miami that everyone said they're tanking for Tua two years ago. That Miami Dolphin team. Jarvis Landry was on that team and was putting up 1,000-yard seasons, and no one questioned Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry now is a villain. Why? I don't know. They're both not going to get traded. Cleveland will probably keep Jarvis and trade Odell because Odell's got, A, obviously more value, but B, I think Jarvis's relationship is easier to repair. I don't think that Jarvis has a problem. And here's the other thing, and I, I might shock Speedy when I say this, Somebody needs to grab Baker Mayfield and figure out what Baker's doing. Because Baker Mayfield is very used to playing with guys like Mark Andrews and A.J. Brown who are, yes, they're elite, but they understand that Baker was the best player on that team. And they knew that Baker Mayfield was going to make Oklahoma go where Oklahoma was going to go. That is no longer what Baker Mayfield is in in Cleveland. Baker's behind Chubb, maybe in Joku. Uh, we got to see what he is when he's healthy. But definitely behind Odell and Landry. So Baker Mayfield can lead, by all means. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield should be quiet and kind of let these guys be the voice of the locker room. Although him and, Jar- him and Jarvis have a relationship. Like, they were cool before Odell even got there. Okay? So I'm not worried about that relationship. But what I am worried about is how everyone's interacting with Freddie Kitchens because that, that is ultimately where these chips fall. Freddie Kitchens might be a less talented John Gruden. High energy. Ah, oh, man, I don't want to deal with him right now. Oh, man, he's, he's way too much for me right now. Ultimately, the Cleveland Browns have one problem. And that's that they're the Cleveland Browns. They brought in a lot of pieces. Kareem Hunt, Olivier Vernon, uh, Demarius Randall a few seasons ago. They brought in a lot of pieces. And ultimately, it's just you tried to be too much too soon. You didn't go through growing pains. You didn't try to do it naturally. You tried to force it in. And when you try to force things, most of the time it doesn't go the right way. You don't become mom and pop on a Monday and on a Wednesday become a 401k publicly traded company. That's not how society and that's not how life works. Does Odell probably want out? Probably. Is he the reason that Cleveland's struggling? No. Is he to blame for the culture change? Yes, he is. Odell Beckham Jr., is the reason Cleveland went from a fairy tale 
to a reality, and Cleveland was not ready for becoming what they were going to become. That's, all, that's the truth of the matter. Adding Odell Beckham Jr., a Pro Bowl top three consensus wide receiver in football, I say best receiver in football, made Cleveland the mom-and-pop shop to the 401k company that you were not ready to have. You went from an Uber Eats to a Grubhub to a Amazon in about two days. They weren't ready for that in Cleveland. More importantly, Freddie Kitchens wasn't ready for that. Well, Tyler, how do you fix it? Well, you can do two things. You can sit Odell and Jarvis down or whoever else wants out of Cleveland and sit there and say, hey, listen, you know, we have a good young core, Baker, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. We've got the guy, Joe Sherbert. We've got guys that can play. If you want to stay, well, we're going to hire a new head coach who can fix this and make us win. If you want out, we will take the best offers. We will let you know where you're going. But I need to know now if you're in or out. This, uh, if they might say out, then fine. You trade both of them. But if they go, well, we'll see who the coach is, blah, blah, blah. If they even give you the hesitancy of saying we'll see who the new head coach is, you have to nail the coaching hire. You have to do it. You cannot take a college coach. You cannot take a coordinator that's never had coaching experience. You need an NFL-proven head coach. That's the only way to make this work. Ron Rivera is option B. Maybe, maybe you get lucky Bill Cower or a uh, Speedy. Name another coach that's on the Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is a familiar face. But ultimately, the guy you should call is the guy you called before you named Freddie Kitchens the head coach. Proven NFL Super Bowl. Works well with young quarterbacks. Works well with egos. The Cleveland Browns need to make Mike McCarthy the next head coach. That's how you fix it in Cleveland. If Odell and Jarvis say, I don't, wanna, I don't like the vibe I get from Mike McCarthy, then they go. But Mike McCarthy will teach Baker Mayfield how to be what he was with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. He wasn't teaching Brett Favre. Do not say I said that. But he, will, he learned from Brett Favre and uh, Mike Holmgren on how to coach quarterbacks. He will teach Baker Mayfield how he taught Aaron Rodgers. Is Baker the next Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. But Baker Mayfield will get better. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. And even if you lose Landry and Njoku, I mean Landry and Odell, you still have Njoku. You still got young wide receivers, Ricardo Lewis. And um, there's another kid over there I like too. I forget his name. Ricardo Lewis. You mean Rashard Higgins? Rashard Higgins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I mean, they even cut the other kid, Callaway. Callaway's gone. Yeah, you liked him. I remember that. No, I did. I did. But, I mean, when you come into OTAs, 30 pounds overweight or whatever he was, that's bad. Um, But, yeah, the Cleveland's easy to fix. The problem is they're the Browns, and they won't do it that way. (laughs) I'm serious. That's ultimately what the problem is. Cleveland (laughs) Cleveland needs to build a culture. The Patriots are the best football team in the history of football teams for one reason, one reason only. Belichick nailed the 
culture. Do your job. I will figure it out. But I, what I say goes. Do your job. Ultimately, you know what's hysterical about that? He started with the Browns. Previous you, ownership again. You had Belichick. You had him that there. Was the Art Modell Browns, not the current Browns. Doesn't matter. The history of the Browns goes with Belichick. If you look at the history of the NFL, they get credit for having Bill Belichick. Yes, the Art Modell Browns. Doesn't matter to me. Who has culture what? Belichick was there. I digress. We come back. Speedy gets his segment. And we get to hear him go. Trade him now. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And, and, and manage the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back into the home stretch here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey here with Tyler Harrison in the final 15 or so minutes of this show. We are going to do a segment where I actually do more yelling because I say, trade him now. And that is exactly what this segment will be. I will pull up the music in just a bit. But we're, we only have time probably to just do one leak today because below the mic is coming up right around 1030. So we'll 1030? <laughs> we're only going to do American leak today. Cause just cause oh, the American leak first. So, yeah, because you were bringing up what you wanted to emphasize during well, the break. I, I didn't emphasize anything. I just said that they were probably the easiest team to nail. All righty. So I'll do it in a completely random order. American League, we'll start with your favorite team, the Cleveland Indians. Hmm. I'll be honest. I actually think Cleveland did their job already. I think trading Corey Kluber was brilliant. I'm serious. Um, You really think that was a good trade? Well, the idea was good. I like Emmanuel Clase. Um, Why they took the line of the shields, I don't know. But, you know, I'm trying to – let's be honest here, though. They do have pitching. They, they do have pitching. Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Carrasco, Plesak, and, yeah, that's four guys. But yeah, I get the motive for doing it, too, for that reason. But you, don't th- you don't think they could have gotten more? Sure, they could have gotten more. I'm not saying they won the trade by any stretch, but I am saying that I understand why they took Clays, because Emmanuel Clays could be great. Now, I forgot they had Christian Arroyo. If I have to give you another name to trade, I think, so. yeah. um, I think Bradley Zimmer is all but done there. Maybe even Tyler Naquin, too. But you know what? I have this controversial tactic, right? So I'll go ahead and say it. I would trade Francisco Lindor if I was them. Not, not because of the fact that, you know, you're not going to get a haul back. But you are going to kind of – you. I don't know if you can pay Ramirez, Shane Bieber, and Lindor. There, Ramirez is going to get a pretty high contract himself. And Lindor's value is significantly higher. So you'd save money. I don't know if your bullpen and rotation puts you in the playoffs. So take the year to kind of see what young guys you can build around and I mean, Lindor's going to get you impact players right away. I would trade Francisco Lindor, see what the market is. 
especially if the Do- if the Dodgers are truly interested in that, the Dodgers are going to give you Gavin Lux. They're going to give you guys that you can take right away and win with. Yeah, listen, the Dodgers have outfield, and if the Dodgers are interested in somebody else, I will mention later, they will not be shy about prospects. So the Indians might be interested in trading that. All right, let's go to the West now. Let's go to the team that brought in Anthony Rendon, the L.A. Angels. What a freaking deal, man. The, the Angels are going to be a scary lineup. Um, they actually just signed today. Um, oh, my God. Julio Tehran. Yes, Julio Tehran, which uh, really isn't a huge loss for Atlanta at all, but no, I, I do like it. Um, I would ideally say Albert Pujols. But you're stuck with that. You're stuck with that. Oh, this one's actually fairly simple. I'm actually going to say that you trade Justin Upton. I I, I don't care what you get back for him at this point. You just got to get rid of that contract in the worst way possible. Justin Upton, get a reliever. and Even maybe get like a big uh, money contract pitcher that teams are trying to get rid of. Uh, I'm trying to think of who that would be. Um... Zimmerman? I don't know. Ooh. That's the first bad contract yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah, that is, that is. Maybe a team like the A's or a team that likes recycling guys will take them. <laughs> Padres? I, I don't know. But I'm sure there's a team out there. Justin Upton is a good player. He's just overpaid. So Just Samarja, maybe? Interesting. That could work. Maybe even Cueto. Well, I think they need to give more to get Quaid. Yeah, listen. Quaid at least at some success. Well, well, right, 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 right. But I'm just saying that that could be a building block for something. I, Joey Adele is coming, right? So yeah, right. you can afford to trade Justin Upton. And maybe even trading Justin Upton allows you to bring back Cole Calhoun. Who knows? Maybe. All right, let's go to the East now. We'll go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Everybody. There's nobody on the Blue Jays I'd keep. Not a single solitary soul. I would trade everybody on the roster. I'm dead serious. Um, obviously not the young guys. Uh, oh, Bachet, yeah. Vlad, Jr., Biggio, uh, even Telez. Telez was good, man. He, he was. He's going to be a power strikeout guy, but he's fun. Um... Yeah, this is another kind of easy one. Randall Gritchick, I, I guess, would be the answer here. Um, Anthony K, Matt Schumacher, Tanner Rourke, Chase Anderson. That's a uh, rotation of guys that will give you innings, but what after that, I don't know. I forgot about Schumacher. Yeah. he was actually. I didn't actually mind him with the Angels. Ken, jo- Ken Giles is very good, too, in that back end. So you're not – the Blue Jays are not far away. It's just that they have to kind of – Randall Gritchick can get traded. Or even Tiasco uh, Hernandez is another guy that could get you a mid-level pitching prospect back. So, you know, there are guys there. And most importantly, it's going to depend on what Anthony Kay turns out to be. If he's as good as Met fans said he was, he's the future ace of that team. So we'll find out. But um, I, I would look at either Gritchick or Hernandez. Whoever's better defensively is probably Hernandez. So I would probably trade Gritchick. All right, we'll go back to the West, the Texas Rangers. Um, I mean, they kind of screwed up already, no? Uh, Maraza to the White Sox made no sense for the Rangers at all. Um, unless they're – actually, I'll bring up the roster right now because I'm 
sure that they. Where did uh, they get back for that? I I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't. I think it was a prospect. Uh, Ronald Guzma, Nick Solak, Andrews, Willie Calhoun, Danny Santana, Gallo. Um, well, Nick Solak's young, so you're not moving him. Uh, Alice Andrews, you're not going to get... I guess it would have to be... Yeah, I, I would try to move Andrews. If it's not Andrews, then I'm looking at Odor. I, I really don't see that many guys that you can kind of take on. That rotation, though, quietly is going to be okay. Uh, Kluber, Mike Miner, even if he's half as good as last year. But Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, that, that's an okay rotation. They're go, um, they're banking on a lot of under, oh, under overperforming, over yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, no, they are. But um, I would say Odor. Plus, he's a little bit of a headache. So I, he's not great. He's awful defensively for a second baseman. So I'm not worried about that. Um, Willie Calhoun, Nick, uh, the outfield's pretty much set. So I understand why they traded Mazzara. But again, well, I, they got I, an outfielder in return. I just figured it out. Steel Walker, who I actually think was a decent prospect, but he's just got another outfielder. Maybe he's a speed defense type of guy. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not familiar with that. So, I mean, I, I, I don't hope. think he was top 100, but I think he was in top 150. No, well, that's, uh, that's. But still, it seems Maz- kind of. But Mazzara will start every game for the White Sox. Right. No, I know. No that. sense. No sense. All right, so let's go back to the central now. Let's go to let's go to the White Sox. Why not? The White Sox in here. And this is where I say I told. Well, I didn't say this out loud. Not every team is going to be an easy answer. The Red Sox. The Red Sox. The Rangers are. I don't know what the Rangers are doing, but the Rangers are clearly trying to get old and better. Uh, I, I mean, younger and better, but they're taking in old pitchers. I, I don't. I don't know how that's working, but. The White Sox are how you build a team the right way. Uh, trade for young pitchers, draft well, get young phenom prospects for younger aces that will flame out. Um, this team is very good. Very, very good. Um, I said this last year about what this team would be. I still am picking the Twins to win this division based on, you know, the fact that I'm sure they'll bring in a free agent or two and, you know, what they already have in. The White Sox will be a wild card team this year. Um, I like this team a lot. Tim Anderson emerged as a top-end shortstop. Yuan mm-hmm. uh, Moncada is as good as the Red Sox said he was. Jose Abreu is a very underrated first baseman in this league. Yasmari Grandal can hit the crap out of the baseball. And James McCann's a great defensive catcher. That might be the best catching tandem in baseball. We will find that out. And Aloy Jimenez, Mazzara, and I love Adam Engel. I'm a speed defense guru. I love it. And, you know, maybe maybe you bring in a bat. Or maybe you let Grandall DH and let McCann. McCann was an all-star catcher last year. Maybe you let him catch every day and Grandall play first or catch in the meantime. But, um, yeah, the, the White Sox are going to be very good. I'm not trading anyone, really. Uh, Giolito, Kopech, Cease, Covey, um, Colome, Bummer, Marshall. I, I mean, Macy, maybe Carson Fulmer or Kelvin Herrera. I, they, I'm not trading anyone from the You're White Sox. You're not going to sell low on Kelvin Herrera, though. I, listen, I am just saying that it's it, – it, you know what? Just to make the segment, um, 
I guess you can get rid of Garcia. I, I think that Larry Garcia could get you some value. He's versatile, speed, defense. He's not going to get you a lot back, but he can get you a missing piece in the bullpen or something like that. I, I Larry Garcia, but honestly, the White Sox shouldn't trade anybody. They did it the right way, and they deserve a lot of credit for doing it this way. If all their pitching, if all their pitching pans out, they'll be the biggest surprise in baseball next year. Not even a question. All right, from one Sox to the other, you wanted to get to this one over the break, the Red Sox. Um, you know, uh, there's obvious ones, and then there's ones that make people go, maybe it's not that obvious. It's pretty obvious. Um. They've been trying to move David Price for two years now. I don't see it happening. I don't think anyone wants to contract on their books. Um, And Chris Sale, you're stuck. You really can't trade him. But, um, and if you trade Brandon Workman, that's just stupid. So, you're not trading a bullpen piece when your bullpen's already weak. Uh, They did bring in Jose Peraza, which was a very quiet, quiet good signing that I don't think a lot of people understand. And more importantly, right. I think Petroia that means... Hurt. yeah. Well, not only that, I think Pedroia has informed them that he's not coming back. Oh, really? I think Dustin Pedroia might be done. That's what I'm getting. Because Michael Chavis and him can both play second base. So I'm not... Devers, Bogarts, Benatendi, J.D. Martinez is a guy you could trade. J.D. Martinez is probably the guy I tried to trade the most because of the fact that his bat, his name... All-star caliber player, you can sell high on him still because his bat really did, was good last year, and you could get a pitcher or another couple young players back. The guy, though, that ultimately the Red Sox should trade to kind of and make the team a, found, a stronger foundation. Devers is the future of the team. Chavis is the future of the team. You can trade Mookie Betts and get away with it. Mookie Betts gets you a haul back. Mookie Betts gets you three top 100 prospects easily. We mentioned it before. If the Dodgers are interested, the Dodgers will overpay for him. They're not. The Dodgers are in a win-now state. They don't need prospects because just like the Yankees, they can trade prospects to get better now because they don't need to wait. They're already great. They're just trading assets away they're not going to keep. That's why I'm surprised the Yankees are dangling with Josh Hader. Make the move already. You've got all these prospects. Make the move. The Red Sox need to move Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts gets hurts and walks. Then what do you get? Nothing. So the Red Sox need to consider that, and I think Mookie Betts is gone. I, I would trade Mookie Betts. All right, from very high market to very small market, the Oakland Athletics. Very interesting case. Um, I think that this is where you don't trade anybody comes in again. Um, I do have somebody off the top of my head just by knowing the team. Matt Chapman and Marcus Simeon, you're most likely building around. Um, I do like that. I would even explore Simeon just because he... The sell fact, high, yeah. Yeah, sell high. A, B, he's going to command a lot of money. He's a shortstop, and you're not going to be able to afford him. Um, now, Jorge Mateo, we haven't seen yet either. That's concerning. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 Marcus Simeon might be the answer here. Um, I'm not gonna lie about that. Mark Hanna, Laureano, and Piscotti. I love Piscotti. I'm not trading Piscotti. 
But the answer to me would be Matt Olson, honestly. Um, overrated bat that hits for a lot of power. Uh, Alan Marks is here, so that means the um, Below the Mic show will be on very shortly. But Matt Olson to me is the guy I don't think you're going to really look for a lot. Unless you want to trade Liam Hendricks and you don't plan on signing him. Maybe. I, I mean, Liam Hendricks it would... Liam Hendricks gets you a couple prospects, so I wouldn't be surprised. You might have to do that now if you really wanted to because relief pitchers really can be very streaky. So right. Hendricks probably, if you're going to move him, his best value right. now. He's probably a top three closer in baseball. But uh, my phone died, so that's it. That's all I've got. Um, are you going to be able to remember how you did this? Let's see. We did seven, so we got eight left, and I was doing kind of a random pattern with the divisions. Not completely one way, but I know I did three west, so I'll have to do another central or east next. And I tried to, because I knew we were going to run low on time, I tried to save the really, really bad teams and not have you do any of those, just to make it kind of interesting today. Oh, well, the Royals and Tigers are obvious ones. but um, Orioles, yeah, those teams like oh, that. Trey Mancini's going to get traded soon. Right. But, um... Or even John Means, honestly. It depends on who needs You need what. someone to build on. I don't know if you trade both of them. <laughs> um, no, Mancini. I think Mancini. Mancini's not a prospect, really, anymore, No, he's so not. Mancini. Mancini's, he, might, he would probably be the one to Mancini's trade, the best player on that team that no one talks about. Yeah, like he, that's why he's I think a top 50 player in baseball. No that, one ever mentions him. That would probably him. be the one to move. But, again, like I said many times, the – right market especially for right-handed batters is still just not very strong so no, if you don't not. get a good offer just keep no them. It's not. well right i'm not saying this has to be immediate this is just for them to try to build the farm system but the orioles honestly are just a dysfunctional colossal mess that they they won't be good for 20 years <laughs> it's awful and then you kick the out Brown. buck showalter I, I, I baseball <laughs> um yeah kind of kind of all those bad kind of all the jimenez Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, they're all biting you in the ass right now. Yeah. And then you traded Manny Machado and got what I back? I think Jimenez was a trade, though. I don't think that was a signing. No, they signed Hibaldo Jimenez. I thought they got him from the Indians. Okay. <laughs> I could have sworn they signed him, and even if they trade for him, that makes it worse. Okay. Because that means you gave up something to underperform. So, And I liked Jimenez in Colorado, but I wouldn't have traded for him. The but, good um, thing with Jimenez, though, is he was a good playoff pitcher. For no, him. right, but you have to get there first. Right. No, I know. That's it, exactly what I kept stup- saying about, you know. Na- it looks stupid now, but I'm right. just saying. No, I get why they, they were, did it, too. When I they were in the ALCS it. in 2014. and in Plus, the, the stats AL- said he pitched good against the Yankees and Red Sox, so they were like, all right, well, right. that works. And he was a big re- I think he was a big reason they hung with the Yankees in 2012 when they were a wild card team. Right. No, he pitched well. Uh, the problem is the Yankees and Red Sox chewed him alive during the regular season, but right. whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's our show for today. Um Stay tuned, because Below the Mic is up next, and Errol looks like he's going to punch me in the face. So that means his show is going to be great, because he's motivated and not listening to me whatsoever. Bale, bale, boom. Nope, not a word. All right. Speeding. Wear your hat. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're in the end game now. Tell them where they can find us. Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Sirius Radio, spelled like the word serious. Serious? Oh, yeah. We're not on Sirius anymore. Oh, we're not? No, okay. we're off Sirius. All right, we news. are not on Sirius anymore. Okay, good to know. Wait, so. is that serious? Apparently. 
Oh. I think he's very serious. <laughs> SoundCloud, Spotify, God, I love words with play. iTunes, on our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com, and we are one of only 16 sports radio networks and podcasts on Radio.com. 16? Do I have to tell you for more emphasis? <laughs> 16? There you go. Um, I tried to get it for a question, and you go 16. And I was at 16? And yes. Kept going back and forth. But, unless, um, it's, unless it's more now, but as of what I was told, mm, it was 16. It's 16. We will always be 16. I don't care if 20 follow us. We were 16. Um, so here's the thing about tomorrow's show, right? Um, I've been wanting to do this now for a few weeks. Uh, this network doesn't ever answer my questions, so I'm going to do it alone because that's what I always do. Um, are you here tomorrow, Mr. Marks? Okay. Well, possibly works better answer than everyone else on this freaking <laughs> place to give me um so here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna finish this segment that we just did called trade him now and we're also going to do the picks because i might have to do two weeks at once so i'll figure that out and also i kind of want to build the nfl 100 team that i've been wanting to build for a long time um it's simple it's basic it's it's something that needs to be done because the NFL season's winding down. I won't be back until probably the playoffs. So I want to do something fun and uh, do it the right way. And I know Speedy loves building crap, so it's fine. You know, Thursday and Friday you can do your show. And Monday. I'd never do my show Monday. No, I'm sorry. Thursday and Friday you can do your show. Next week? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Hear that? I'll be here Thursday and Friday. So screw you guys. I'm still not going to do it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we will be uh, – well, I'll probably be here Thursday, Friday next week then, so we'll do picks, and I'll try not to do anything too clever because I'll probably have Clueless with me but um, or One Line or Rookie, whatever the hell we want to call him. But unless it's Errol, then by all means, come. Oh, he's not listening. Um, so, yeah. He's busy. No, he's not. He's I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's busy. I'm sure he is too, but he he normally listens. But um, yeah, the NFL 100 team I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, if anyone on this network is listening, you're not. But if anyone on this network wants to come, you won't. The open door policy applies. And to be quite honest with you, after the new year, it probably goes away because this show is changing dramatically, and that's a good thing. I'm very excited. I haven't heard a word from Mr. Bo, but that's fine. Hello, Bo, who supposedly listens every now and then. <laughs> I guess you're deaf, but that's fine. Um, yeah, so uh, Friday will be our, uh, our last show before Christmas. Speedy, we're going to break out some Christmas traditions. Yes, so be prepared to talk about personal stuff. Um, I like to hang my stocking, if you know what I mean. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, yeah, again... Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm probably going to cry Friday. It's okay. Me and Speedy have to have a heart-to-heart. We all know how I love heart-to-hearts. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our show. Uh, thank you for whoever was trying to call in. We appreciate it. And um, Evan Mazza, stop touching things. Doofus. But, uh, Speedy, I hope you and Errol have a wonderful show on Below the Mic. And tell them uh, goodbye. Or stay tuned, I guess. 
Thanks for listening. Like Tyler said, stay tuned 1030 to 12 for Below the Mic. And Below the Mic, Mic, Mic. And have a glorious night. (laughs) You should say glorious hat now. Glorious hat. Yeah, your glorious hat over there. That makes you look like Bullwinkle. Don't influence him. I have to wear it on air again. (laughs) No, he won't do that to you again. Oh, he will. Believe me. I don't think so. He'll find a way. Mm. If it's not tonight, it'll be another time. Mm. (laughs) He'll make me wear it. There's still a whole two and a half months of cold. No. Yeah. No. Three. Four. Maybe. Yeah. Plus the way the Congress is going, maybe seven or eight. Don't go there. Hashtag let Donald Trump go. Anyway. I'm gone. I'm done. I'm leaving. No, just hashtag whatever Snug says. Hashtag whatever Snug says. Hashtag ban the beef. Hashtag below the mic is up next. Um, and uh, I look forward to making the Century Team with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See? Century? See? Did anyone see what I did? You're all terribly boring. See ya! You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.